Hey there, it's Elizabeth, and you are listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. This week on This Song, we're going to hear from Austin musician and podcaster, Adam Sultan. But before we get started, I wanted to ask that if you like this podcast, then please go to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. Ratings help us a lot. They help people find this podcast, and they also boost our morale, like they let everyone here at Team This Song know that they're doing a good thing and they make us feel really really good you could also like tell your friends about us tell your podcast loving dad or your music loving best friend about this song we just want as many people as possible to hear these stories like this one from adam sultan i know him primarily as a musician in austin texas like we've crossed paths a ton of times over the years like you do in a city like austin he played guitar with Poydog Pondering. I used to live in a shack that Abra Moore, also of Poydog Pondering, lived in. He's part of the vaudeville act Mistress Stephanie and her melodic cat. We played gigs at the same places. He plays in the Bowie tribute band Super Creeps, and he's also a storyteller. We both told stories as part of Dana Rossi's soundtrack series when it came to Austin. And if you like hearing stories about life-changing music, you should check out that podcast, too. And we both worked on art projects with my friends Lauren Gurgiolo and Wendy Mitchell. And now, Adam Sultan and I, we're both podcasters. Adam's podcast is called Friends with Deficits. And in it, he has conversations with people who have different challenges that affect them, like gigantism, excessive sweating, autoimmune diseases, vaginismus. Yeah, all with the goal of showing us how similar we are while highlighting that, yeah, we are different and like dealing with the fact that in the end, we're all going to die. It's my kind of podcast. I spoke to Adam at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, and he told me about a song that blew his mind and kind of informed how he makes his music. So the song is Born Under Punches by the Talking Heads. I got the album. I don't remember. I was a teenager and I just remembered just dropping the needle on it. It was vinyl. And um, there's this little kind of three-note hand drum thing, and then this kind of little scream that David Byrne does, and it launches into this incredible groove. So the groove itself is like, like one part of it. And then his vocals come in, David Byrne starts talking, and it's this weird kind of like mashup, word salad mixed with like a political campaign talk. I don't even know, like talking about he's a government man and some of you people just about missed it and all these kind of little, little snippets. And then this chorus happens, and the chorus is like a bunch of people singing, and it's very melodic, and it layers this other dimension to the song, so it's like very, almost poignant. So you have this kind of weird, quirky humor, David Byrne stuff, and then you've got this kind of depth to the, to the actual song itself. The music's like one chord, it never changes. 
and there's not even chords to it. So if you try, it's not like you could cover the song, you know, like, hey, let's play Born Under Punches. What key is it in? I don't know. What are the chords? Chords? You know, it's kind of, not really. So there's so many parts of this I like. It's like hearing a bunch of different songs and how they constructed it. I don't know how they did, but um, it's just really remarkable. And every time I listen to it, I'm hearing different things. You could argue it's just a bunch of noise, but to me, it it has this beautiful, not quite a melody, but it but it's it's very lyrical in a sense. When you heard it, you were a teenager, right? Yeah. And you were liking what Talking Heads was doing. Were you familiar at all with African music? Were you familiar with Fela Kuti? I wasn't until for maybe four or five years later after that. And actually, when I got into Fela Kuti, I went to some. This is a random aside. I went, went to some film at some weird art gallery that was like a documentary about him and I had no idea who he was and I was like whoa and I've been a huge fan since then since like the 80s before anyone knew who he was and I don't want to be like that guy <laughs> I was listening to Fela but um and I never really connected talking heads with say Fela Kuti but they both do the same thing for me where they have these long grooves and then they just kind of layer things on top of them although Fela songs are like an album long so it's a little different <laughs> So I wasn't like a big world music buff or listening to a lot of that stuff. I grew up in LA and there's not like a real cohesive music thing. And I didn't have any like siblings or anybody to really influence me in a certain way. So I'm just like grabbing whatever I can grab. So at that time, I didn't know, probably didn't know what I was hearing. You know? <laughs> well, because it's all the more kind of like mind blowing when you just hear something like yeah. that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. How do you think your kind of perception of what music could do changed after you heard this? I almost want to say I feel like I was envious of it and put it aside. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to understand how monumental this is. Give it a little bit of time, you know. Wait till I'm in my 20s or something. Did you pull it back out when you were in your 20s? I've, it... I've been pulling it out. Every... <laughs> I've been pulling it out ever since, every year. You know? Um I don't know if it's gone away for a long time, but you know, with all music that I, I love, eventually, you know, after a while you don't listen to it and then you get back to it. So I can't honestly say that like at that time everything changed for me, you know. But it was certainly like incredibly interesting album and it and it was just a groove and to this day, like things people just weren't doing or thinking of doing. And it has that type of music has also influenced how I think about composing. Sometimes I, I do stuff for for theater or film stuff and I work I like to work a lot in this element of, of loops and grooves and just two disparate elements kind of working together or different counterpoint melodies or rhythms and but just keeping some steady bed of things I like that a lot when you started to really make music that you wanted to put your name on mm -hmm. um was talking heads was it experimental stuff was that kind of where you wanted to go it hasn't been um deliberately I want to be like Talking Heads or something, but yeah. I always reach like towards my own aesthetic, regardless of what I think would be like better for the popular 
<laughs> culture, you know what I mean? And I still, but I really appreciate good melody, good, good rhythm, a good sense of songwriting. But I tended to get a little bit farther away from something that might be lyrically, it might be considered folk where you're bringing a real direct message or musically where it may be pop where like, oh, this is where you have to put the bridge or the chorus. And I kind of throw in much more of an influence, you'd say, you could say like Talking Heads or Bowie or some, something like that. Now you're a podcaster. True. I still play music, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay. But I wonder, like, why? That came about, I mean, the podcast came about actually through a musical kind of uh, trajectory. There was a choreographer I knew who wanted me to do a contribute to the score she was doing for this choreography, but she wanted to be text-based. So this is kind of in that experimental, also musical theater art idea. So she wanted it to be based on a friend of mine um, named Stephanie Stevens, who was my musical partner. Hey, we're back to music. In a band called Mistress Stephanie and Her Melodic Cat, which was a really strange German-style vaudeville art rock craziness. Um, and uh, she has Huntington's disease, which is this really crappy uh, degenerative brain disease. And so my friend Ms. Stephanie does. Stephanie does, okay. and my friend Aaron, Ellen Bartell, who's the choreographer, wanted um, to hear have snippets of her story that would be played in this in this one woman dance that she was choreographing. So I sat down with her and um, started recording her, and I've known her for years. We used to be boyfriend and girlfriend like twenty years ago, you know, and we we have a whole history. We're like brother and sister now. So it was really weird me just going so tell me about this and she's like what are you saying it's like you were with me when this happened and, <laughs> and i'm like well let's make a let's pause and make a drink and we ended up in like the living room and you can hear the little tinkling of like martini glasses or something and i and we had this like really open honest fun conversation and i just thought i gotta keep doing this like like this was really fun and i learned a lot and it was it was just nice to hang out and then uh i thought well do i know anybody else who's got anything going on and out of the woodworks, everybody's got deficits, it turns out. <laughs> hey, welcome to Friends with Deficits. I'm your host, Adam Sultan. My next friend, Holly Lorca, is a writer, storyteller, and an ICU nurse who now specializes in gender reassignment surgery here in Austin, Texas. Yes, it happens in Texas. So for now, it's, you know, mostly people I know, and, and sometimes I just randomly tell somebody about the podcast, they're like, well, I've got, you know, this weird thing going on. And I'm just, I'm interested in people being open and honest with whatever kind of uh, afflictions, challenges, physical, neurological, mental that they've got. And also I'm, for the podcast, at least I'm interested in, in things that aren't, are a little bit off the beaten path and aren't typical. It doesn't seem like your podcast is just about friends with deficits. It's like a big part of it is kind of thinking about the fact that we're all gonna die. Yeah. No, things work out until they don't. Everybody dies. And I think mortality is, you know, it's one of those topics that we're all like, oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, we all know this. What else can we say here? Stop bringing down the party here. Um, 
but people don't honestly look at that. So we think, so we, we obviously all know, but then we think, well, but yeah, but if we don't talk about it, it'll go away. And, and it doesn't. So, so it's nice to have a forum where people can just be honest about it. And, and usually it's people who've had to really deal with something. And all the guests that I've had to date have been very, um, very open, but also very inspired and really have a, a positive kind of look on what's going on in their life, regardless yeah. of whether it's because of things getting better or worse, you know. And I enjoy the, the play of talking with somebody like you don't quite know where it's going to go. I usually I don't really have a at first I thought when I started the podcast, I'd have a I'd talk to experts. I would have a list of questions. We'd really go through this and be this big kind of like. I don't know, NPR kind of official sounding thing. And it just turned out like, let's just talk. And usually I, I don't have to say much. And then people just come come forward. And that that's nice. For me as a musician, as a, as a leader in bands, I've had to learn that over many years that like, stop trying to like, man, just make this your project and get everyone to play your little tape recorded demo things you made you know exactly right to asking for the drummer to give his sticks to you for just a minute you know to show some you know like that's basically how like like my early experience with bands was like that and so finally it's like let's sit back and hear what people are actually doing you know oh my god you did not ask the drummer for a stick oh i used to do that kind of stuff like excuse me can i just borrow this oh <laughs> it's kind of like this what i want you to do you know <laughs> and i realized like wow just lay back and let this be something slightly different you know at least slightly different let's get something straight between these queer desires you're never too late to take up a new fire you're never too honest to tell me what you want You're never too hungry to decide And this is Adam Sultan's song, Bedpost Confessions. Bedpost Confessions is also the name of a great storytelling series here in Austin, Texas that Adam has been a part of. They release their live shows as podcasts. You should check it out wherever you get your podcasts, and you should also check out Friends with Deficits. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find a link to it on the show notes page for this episode at ktx.org. You can also find a link to Adam's music there, as well as a Spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs we referenced in this episode all the way through. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This interview was edited by Nadia Hamdan, and the episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern, and thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.